Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Now, it's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphian on the Grizzlies, Memphis, and more. Presented by the Majestic Grill. Rediscover downtown dining. Chris Harrington on 92.9's Jeff Hawkins Show. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? Uh, that's the song I thought of live when we were talking yesterday. I figured I'd use it today. Uh, we'll sweep out the ashes in the morning. Graham Parsons and Emily Harris. Uh, yeah, that was pretty grim last night. In fact, if you were going to go through, like, what are some of the worst performances of the year? We've we've uh, we've we've highlighted some of the better, more entertaining games, even in this down year. Like, there was the game against, I guess, the whoa. There's a what's happening. Chris, hello. Ah, uh, we we nearly lost you. There was some colossal noise uh, there for a minute. Oh, I, I I didn't hear it. There was it was nothing on my end, okay. either on my phone or in the building. I'm in. Was, so I don't know. Okay. Um, uh, like the, there, there were some really, there's been really dreadful games. Like the game against Minnesota when Marcus Smart laid into the team. That was a bad one. Uh, and then last night was a pretty bad one. As well, did you were you there? Did you watch on TV? Did you? How did you consume what there was to consume last night? Um, I was there. I ended up um, leaving uh, once it was clear. I, there was one column I was going to write off the game if they had won, uh-huh. um, and, and once that was obviously not going to happen, I decided to write more of a you know recent trends, not game specific kind of thing. And I, I'd wait through that today, which I which I just filed minutes before the show, which will be up later today. So I left, you know, early fourth quarter once I realized I wasn't right. I didn't need to write anything on game night. Was there actual booing? Oh, I heard one guy booing. I, there, there was one guy, maybe it was two, but I, it, was, it was one guy sort of midway up, actually pretty close to where the, the, you know, the, the end where, where that media section is, where I was sitting. Yeah. There was one guy sort of booing loudly and because the building was so sparse and no, no one else was doing much of anything. And maybe it sounded like fans, plural, were booing. But it really sounded like one dude to me for the most part. <laughs> um, so it was pretty desultory. Um, and even the, the players who we like to turn to for entertainment in this downtime, uh, Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams, also uninspired. Yeah, no, there's really nothing. I mean, Lamar Stevens, I guess, made a bunch of shots or whatever late, but like, you know what? Gigi Jackson had one good play. I'm the dunk, the dunk was shots. good. The dunk was great. The dunk was great, and then he missed his other 12 yeah, like, shots. Yeah. 
Mississippi Twelve shots. E- e- even Vince Williams, who's just sort of always good, wasn't good. And so, like, it was really nothing going on. My favorite is Luke Kennard. He got up three shots. He made two of them, though. <laughs> um, and so, I mean, the truth of the matter is I think that was probably a good game for him to lose the, on, at the margins. And you got two against Portland later this week, and then you got another against Brooklyn. But when you lose like that, I, I, I do have, like, you left, and what, I do have sympathy for the season ticket holders watching that last night. Yes, I mean it's. I imagine. Yeah, of course, but I mean, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, it's surprising there haven't been more games like that. Right. I mean, I mean, I mean, look at who's playing. I, you know, I, I don't. And so it's not. I mean, you can boo that you think they they didn't put out the effort or whatever, but like with the roster that's going out there, right? You're going to have games like that. You just are. I mean, they they don't. You know, they're starting a backcourt of Vince Williams and Luke Kennard, who are both good players, but neither of them are lead guards. You know. Right. And they're in Sharon Jackson. Here, this is this is a note I'm going to have in the column I just wrote. But like, if you go back to the date that that Desmond Bain got injured, so the month and a half they played without John Morant, Desmond Bain, or Marcus Smart. Yep. Sharon Jackson's had the second highest usage in the NBA. The usage rate that he has had since that date would be second in the league overall in the season, right behind Joel Embiid, right ahead of Luka Doncic. <laughs> He's got a higher usage rate than Luka Doncic. You just can't, you can't win games like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and and so there we are. All right. Well, uh, well, they didn't. They didn't win, and uh, and I expect they will uh, lose a fair number going down the, going down the stretch here. They, they were, the phone is banging around. I don't know what's happening. Anyway, uh, other news, Chris. The there's been a lot of grumbling about officiating last night in the Knicks game. The, the officials actually admitted they got a call wrong in the Knicks game um, that hurt Detroit. Uh, earlier, Lakers were grumbling uh, the previous day about officiating. What's your general view of uh, the officiating in the NBA? I think it's an easy thing to complain about. I, it, it's so easy to... to, to, to no one highlights good officiating. Right. Like, you know, well, like, like ever, and I don't know. I, I feel like basketball is particularly difficult to officiate because of the the constant flow of the game. Like it's not like baseball where you can like isolate things. You know, there's just a constant flow. There's constant physical interaction. I think most things are judgment calls. I think you can, if you want to, you can blow a whistle every single possession of the NBA game. You can find something letter of the law to blow a whistle. So I've always contended that officiating is about trying to like keep things between the ditches and let the players decide the game. It's just it's not being precisely right every with every call or non call. It's about having a level of fairness that lets the lets players ultimately decide the game. I I, just, I, I was busy with the Grizzly stuff and I spent a lot of time on the Knicks thing. I did see a, a replay of that. Is yeah. that sort of a surprising certainly a, a surprising non call? It certainly seems that that was wrong. But, like, you know, on the whole overall, I don't know. I, I, it's very easy to conclude that the shading is bad. I'm just not convinced that that, that instinct is necessarily correct. I mean, it, it was, I think it was a, I mean, ha, ha, they admitted it was a, it was an incorrect non-call. I think the interpretation on the fly was it was still a loose ball. And every, you know, there was a collision going for a loose ball. I don't think that was the correct interpretation. But I think, to your point, I think that's sort of, I think that's what was was happening there. A um, couple other matters. Um, LeBron has uh, wants people to to leave his kid, let his kid be a kid, let Brownie be a kid, be a kid. But let's just let's just hypothesize. Position heal myself. 
We've made this point. Exactly right. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. Physician healed. Literally after a Grizzlies game earlier this year, he said Bronny could play on our team right now. And so, yeah, that was a ridiculous thing for him to say. Like, I, I agree with the second sentiment, but like, you know, start with the man in the mirror on this one, right? And it's all, of course, takes place amidst rumors that you know, whatever the Lakers would go and get Bronny to be on their team next year, so LeBron could be happy. That's not letting a kid be a kid either, right? But if you were, yeah. a, if you were a Laker fan, would that? That's a big stretch, I know. If you, but if you were a Laker fan, would you object to? Like, who cares if it's Bronny at the end of the bench if that's what LeBron wants? That, I guess that would be my view if yeah, I were a Laker I don't, fan. I, don't, I, would, I, I wouldn't necessarily object. I would find it kind of unseemly, but sometimes you put up with unseemly stuff to get, like, you know, things you want done. Right. Um, I, I'd have to look at and see what their draft situation is. Like, I don't think they, I don't think they have a first-round pick, so or I'm not even sure. Maybe, so if you're using a second-round pick and – yeah, I, I would be, I, I would make my peace with it if I were a Lakers fan, I guess. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, I'll let you go back to it. But the last question on this is I did actually ask Dan Devine yesterday about the uh, Wendell Carter as, as you cast around looking for possible players who could play uh, alongside Jaron. And... And he hadn't thought about it in advance, I, like I do with you. I don't give him any warning about what I'm going to ask him, and so whatever. He just talked about it off the fly. But he wondered if they are a little bit too similar, I guess, is what would be his, uh, would be his critique, that neither one is sort of the... I mean, Wendell Carter is not sort of cut from the Stephen Adams mold. He's more a floor stretcher. What's your, what's your sense of the fit? Uh, I could say a billion things about that. I'll try to pick out a couple. Um, one of the things I've been struggling with is when to write, like, the great center search column, considering right. that, like, everyone's already talked about it now, but, like, literally they won't do anything about it for four months. <laughs> and so, like, so, so, like do, right. do I write it? Do I write the whole thing next week and then just sort of republish it? That's You write it and months? then you write it again and then you write it again, Chris. I, That's very I, clear. So, so, so I'm starting with that. I literally have a Google Doc where I've mapped all this out. Uh-huh. Uh, that is sort of when to, when to write it. So in terms of the Wendell Carter thing, one, I mean, you don't get to go into a, a lab and design your perfect center. Like right. you, you have to, you have to, you, you, there, there's probably not a perfect option. So you're choosing among imperfect options. The thing about, well, he's not like Stephen Adams, he's a floor stretcher. One of the things I would say, and this is one of the things I will when I write about it. So I think there's two main things that usually is, in terms of on court, what you're looking for in a center. One is this, your center has to be, or, or even not even say center, just your start, your front court starter next to Jaron. Maybe it's a six eight guy and you're calling Jaron the center, whatever. But whoever this guy is, a he has to be the best rebounder on your team. Um, you don't have to be Stephen Adams to be the best rebounder on the Grizzlies team, by the way. But like right. you need a good rebounder, which I think Carter is. And then the second thing is you need this player to be able to impact the offense without a lot of touches or shots. Well, Stephen Adams was great at that in all kinds of ways. But he wasn't great about that in, in every way. There are other ways you can do that. And being, able, being a floor stretcher is one of those ways. You know, I mean, Stephen Adams was a great offensive rebounder, great right. screener, a good passer. That, those are three ways to impact the offense as a center without lots of touches. But another way is to be a floor stretcher and to, like, be a catch-and-shoot guy and to be able to stretch the forward and pull guys out. That, all, that is also a value I think the Grizzlies could find in a center that Stephen Adams didn't provide, but that other people would. So you yeah. can pivot different ways with right, that. particularly a team that yes is 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 low on shooting to begin with uh, would be right. It's a it would be a different strength. All right, Chris, thank you very much. We appreciate it.
Thanks. That's Chris Harrington from the Daily Memphis. You know what, Jeffrey? You know what I'm hoping? I'm hoping Chris writes the great center search column. Yeah. Soon. Because let's be honest. What is there to talk about from last night's game other than the fact that they got the L and they look like crap? And and that's because they are crap. Right. Well, well, no, and, no, and by the way, no disrespect to any of them. No, and to me, like, this is the whole... I would feel very differently... I would feel very differently if you didn't have... If you didn't have the the team coming back that they do. Part of the reason why I'm sitting there going, I think it's I think it is dumb, I think it's misguided to not root for losses, is because this this has no bearing on what we're actually talking about, which is the next two seasons. You're exactly right. Like the difference between, so last night was depressing for Grizzlies fans, right? Because but you know who it should have been really depressing for? Nets fans. Nets fans. Because they don't have... Because they got nothing. Correct. They got nothing. That's their nothing. team. And there's a lot of teams around. You look around and you're like, what in the world? What are we like? Whether you're the, the Wizards or whether you're the Nets. What's or, the vision? What, wh- wh- who, who are... Yeah, who's going to come... Bount- net, what we're doing here, literally, as it, it's not fun. But as Grizzlies fans, what we're saying is, next year... You're going to have John Morant. You're going to have Desmond Bain. You're going to have Jaron Jackson Jr. You're going to have Vince Williams in the role that he should be in. You're going to have uh, 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 Luke Kennard in the role that he should be in. You're going to have some brand new center. You're going to have Brandon Clark rebounding. You're going to have all of this stuff, and you're going to be certainly competing for a top. And so, yes, the time between now and then seems totally, except to watch Vince Williams and Gigi, both of whom look who didn't look at particularly effective last night, it's a waste of time. Right. Because we're waiting for something else. But imagine if this is all you had. That yeah. would be absolutely atrocious. And that's other teams. Like, if you're, again, if you're in Brook, if you're Brooklyn last night, they just got a whole lot of mediocrity slash sub-mediocrity. Well, it's garbage. And they don't have their draft pick. And then, like, the, the other key part for me is, We've seen the, well, we want these guys to get reps and get reps. One thing that was very obvious that we saw for briefly, very brief moments this season is when John Morant is on the floor, it is a different type of team. And so John Morant. It's also a different type of, with all the, like, just this is a new, a different type of entertainment product. Correct. You know what I mean? But I'm even just talking about the way that they play is so different. Yes. Yes. It is. But it's also electrifying. No, we, we realized that, like, as soon as. That Pelicans game, as soon as you came back, you're like, oh my God, this is so much better. This is fun. Yes. This is a blast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.